You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about Rob Reiner's Stand By Me. You know trouble. Me, Fifth You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Podcast. We're your host. I'm Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, Mr. Jeremy Benson. Howdy. And Mr. Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I am doing well. Stephen King month, guys. Yes. That's right. Moving on from March Madness to, I guess, would normally not, be Madness, but we're not doing... Not know. quite Mad Stephen King month. It's just Stephen yeah. King month. Yeah, because these all aren't like, you know, crazy movies, really. Except yeah. Pet Cemetery, which we haven't seen yet. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, the reviews from that are kind of like all over the place. <laughs> Benson's eye was twitching at me. <laughs> He's like, I don't know about that. I'm still mad about the trailer. We'll see what happens when we see the movie. What are you mad about, about the, in the trailer? Is it they switch it from the boy to the girl? Is that what you're mad about? Yeah. They shouldn't have done that. At least they shouldn't have told us in the trailer. Yeah, they, they came They came out with that. They were not hiding that at all. They were like, hey guys, guess what? Oh, well, by well, the way. I can imagine yeah. not wanting that to be a surprise. Then you just have a bunch of people leaving the theater pissed off. They probably couldn't get over it. You know, they're having to watch it, and they're, like, missing all these scenes because in their head they're like, wait. <laughs> Those guys didn't read the page right. <laughs> When's the boy going to die? <laughs> Kill the child. I came here to see the boy die. <laughs> well, all right, guys. Someone Damn. kill the infant, please. <laughs> <laughs> the only time that would ever be said in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Oh yeah, I, well I meant like on screen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there have been a couple times where I have actually thought that while sitting in the theater. Uh, yeah, have you ever seen the Babadook? The d- kid's not an infant, but oh my god, shut that kid up! I've want, uh, I've wanted to kill that kid. Yeah, when he's like screaming in the car. Yeah. Oh man, there's some annoying uh, child performances in cinema for sure. Man, but in this movie. There was a kid in the theater once that just would not stop crying because his mom brought him to a rated R movie and he shouldn't have been seeing a rated R horror film. Like Brian. And he just would not stop crying. I cried to myself. (laughs) 
I think a lot of people wanted that kid killed. I hate it when they do that. What, kill kids? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. When theater yeah, mobs bad. get together and they just go, all right, fucking I mean, kill the kids. Have, have you ever gotten up out of a theater? Like, um, have you ever gotten up and went and gotten the usher and been like... We did, yeah. Hey, oh, yeah, I've done that. There's people in here, like, fucking talking. I need you to get him to take care of that right now. Yeah. And they come in with the flashlight, you know? Yeah, they came in and made her leave, take her little crying kid with her. And sometimes you get those teenagers, like, with their cell phones, you can be like, hey, man, turn your cell phone. Turn it off. You're not important. Turn it off. <laughs> and they just, they'll just ignore you. Yeah. Like, that's their response. And you're like, oh, 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 oh passive-aggressive. Okay, yeah, yeah. Fuck you. I'm going to go tell on you, buddy. <laughs> I'm telling them. I was watching Attack of the Clones with my buddy. Why? <laughs> it's because it was in the theater and I hadn't Come on, seen you it know yet. You saw it in the theater too. You totally Vincent. watched it in the theater. I thought you were talking about like recently. Oh, no, no. It was when it was in the theater. And uh, over in the corner, uh, there was like all these girls and this family and the stuff. They're all there talking and giggling and stuff. And uh, so. Laughing at the movie. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. But I was totally into it. Like, ooh, Star Wars. Anyways, a buddy of mine got so fucking angry that he stood up like really quick and like stared at him. And then, like, walked over to the stairs, and we were at the very top at, at like, um, I don't remember where we were. Anyways, it was a really big stadium seating, and he stomped all the way down the, down the stairs. Do, 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 do. And then out, and then he came back in, he ran up, and then he sat down and then stared at him. And the next thing, like, a minute behind him, here comes the guy with the flashlight. Excuse me, everybody, you guys, you know, like, actually kicked them all out. And I was like, thank you. But he made a big scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, this lady, like... <laughs> I'm storming out of here. That's right. First, I said something like, ma'am, can you... You're, obviously, your kid does not want to... Because she was sitting like right in front of me. It's like, obviously, your kid's not comfortable with this film, and you're on your phone. Could you... Um, <laughs> you don't care either. Could you mind like shutting him up and you getting out of here? And she, I can talk on the phone if I want to. And another guy like yelled out, shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You're over there like, uh, uh, man. Oh, yeah, I was being, uh, like, very polite. Like, will you please leave? Excuse me? Uh, uh, I, I was wondering, can you please leave? Hey, yo, bitch, shut your mouth! I love that. It's like, shut up, bitch! <laughs> she told me that she could talk on her phone if she wants to, and her kid ain't bothering anybody. And a couple minutes later, kid started up, she started talking on the phone again, and some guy behind me was like, shut up, bitch! <laughs> and she yelled out, y'all can just kiss my or something. And, yeah, we went and got the usher. As you should. Everybody clapped. Oh, man. When the usher oh, came. Really? Got, yeah, the whole theater started clapping. That's awesome. We all got free tickets to come see another movie. Dude. Oh, man, that's nice. Look at that. Getting a little comp. That's a good theater right there. Yep. Taking care of your patrons. I like that. Cordova Malco. Can't remember which one it is, but I saw the only time I ever got a free movie ticket, I was in a movie and uh, it was matted incorrectly. And you could see the boom mic in all the shots. Are you for real? I swear to God. So we're sitting, uh, it was a uh, Ashley Judd movie, and she was like, I don't remember what it was. Double but, Jeopardy. Uh, it maybe um, crimes. I don't know. Oh, it was an Ashley. It was an Ashley ones. Judd movie where she was playing some kind of detective or something. It was one of those. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but yeah, it was matted incorrectly, and you could just see the boom mic. It was just like it was just hovering over their heads, and in, in every shot, I was like, Wow, I didn't know that they actually had that in there. I mean, it's 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 on the it's on the film that it was just supposed to be matted a yeah. certain way. But, uh, yeah, I was like, this is, this is fucked up. <laughs> and they actually gave us tickets, uh, you know, uh, free tickets, which was cool. But uh, I was like, I've got to finish watching it. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's man. weird. It's just really crazy. It actually was, uh, was kind of humorous, you know, like, uh, like this boom mic just floating. <laughs> that would, but that would totally take you out of the movie, though. Oh, it does. It was, oh that yeah. would suck. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth wall, you're gone. 
You fell on me. <laughs> I've been crushed by the fourth wall. You're just waiting for the actors to go, what the fuck is this thing over our heads? <laughs> Wait, what is, what, stop following us. <laughs> Talk into that floating stick. Actually, Judd, what you should be investigating is the black dildo that's chasing you around. <laughs> if you just act like it's not there, <laughs> everything will be okay. <laughs> Don't make eye contact. <laughs> It's one eye is watching me. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, my Ooh. gosh. Hmm. Oh, so stand by We've me. We've done a great job of avoiding this movie for the past oh. eight minutes. <laughs> Here we go. Rob Reiner. First Rob. Rob Reiner film. Is this his first movie? Is it really his first movie? No, it's our first movie oh. covering oh, Rob Oh, okay. Reiner. I was about to say. I I thought thought say. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, I he's done some stuff. It's his third movie, though. Okay. He did uh, uh, This is Spinal Tap. That was his first movie, and then I forget the John Cusack movie he did before this. It's easy to forget John Cusack movie. Cusack movies. Yeah, he was kind of big though at this time, right? He he, he pops in this movie. He kind of shines in it. He's like a big shiny penny. The sure thing. That's what it was. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Sure thing. <laughs> sure thing, buddy. Um, because this one was moved from Maine to the Midwest, right? This is Oregon. Yeah, this is Oregon. They, 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 they Castle Rock, keep, Oregon. <laughs> yeah, they still keep Castle Rock, which is kind of weird. <laughs> And that was, uh, that was Rob Reiner's uh, production company for a long time. He yeah, did the well, Castle Rock with yeah. the uh, little lighthouse logo. That was always kind of cool. I like that. They did uh, Misery. Ooh, I like that. Needful Things. I can't That's remember. Very good. Character Ace in this movie. Kifa. <laughs> Kifa Sutherland. Shows yes. up in Needful Things. Oh, that's cool. Oh, does he really? Is he in the movie too? Is he wearing too much makeup like he is in this one? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie in a long time. Oh. I know he's in the book. He plays a big Isn't part his dad in, the book. in that? Isn't he the shop owner in Needful Things? Who plays the dad? I mean, who plays, plays the shop owner in Needful Things? Oh, that's like a devil monster. I know that. I'm talking about the actor. Oh, my, uh, Max von Sydow. Mac, okay. For some reason, I thought that was uh, It's the priest Donald from The Exorcist. Hmm. Oh, you thought it was Donald Sutherland? No, for some reason, I have an image of his. I can see that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it kind of does look like Max von... Yeah, with the gray hair. I okay, yeah, yeah, all right. I can see yeah. how you get that mixed up. Yeah. Weird. 90s Sutherland, right around, uh, like, what was the end? Time to Kill around then. Ooh. With that silver hair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Kiefer Sutherland's wearing way too much makeup in this movie. You can actually see it on the HD. It's kind of interesting. Were those guys supposed to be greasers? I was a little confused about the Cobra. Well, uh, there's the greasers, there's the greasers and the jocks. And they kind of, the jocks are the other guys in the the car where they're playing chicken with the logging truck. It's just weird seeing a blonde greaser, though. Yeah. I didn't know there was a rule. (laughs) <laughs> I, you, you I know think, he's a greaser because he carries a switchblade and he's he's got a gang and they've all got the hair and yeah know, yeah they're the cobras <laughs> they're giving themselves those awesome tacks yeah bro fuck up they're just <laughs> they're the bad kids brian don't move i'm fucking well, up the yeah, snake they're obviously the bad guys don't get yourself a Protestant. Oh, no, you got to get yourself a Protestant or a Jew girl. Get <laughs> no, 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 he's like, he's like Jew, Jews are good, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, it. it's just random. Like random thrown in. This is what we talk about. Fuck, yeah. There's a lot of cussing in this movie. You know, uh, you know the, uh, the remake of uh, It, you know, is very blatant with all the swear words. Uh, but I was surprised to see this one. I was like, wow, they're doing the same thing. You know, it, it's totally, it's there. But it's, what, what year was this? Uh, taking place or what year was it made? It was year made was it in made? 86. 86, okay. Was this the thing, was this the movie that like sparked all these like uh, Stephen King made for TV movies? Oh, I don't know when that started. No, no Salem's it. Lot. 
Was Salem's it, Lot was the first one, and then was it 70s. was the big, like, successful. And that was, like, early 90s, right? Or late 80s, early 90s? Yeah. Yeah, early 90s. Okay, interesting. And that's when all that stuff... I mean, this one was made that. for a theater. Yeah, I know. It was, like, what, $7 million? $6 million? Uh, budget? Yeah, it, uh, I think the final budget was $8 million. And it made so they got 52. seven and a half, and then, okay, yeah. 52 domestic, but who knows what it made worldwide. We don't have those numbers. But it was during that time where, like, everything he wrote was getting turned into a movie. Yeah. Uh, like, Carrie was already out, Dead Zone. And, you know, even with Carrie and Dead Zone out, I saw that Stephen King, at the time, I don't know if he still feels this way, but when he saw Stand By Me, he was like, oh, that's the best, best adaptation of my work. What? I know you didn't like The Shining, but come on, man. Come on. For real. Well, out of what was out. The Dead Zone? Carrie? Those are pretty fucking good. I like them better than Stand By Me. I haven't read any of these books, but apparently this one's pretty close as far as... Yeah, it's pretty close. Especially with some things You were supposed to read it for the podcast. I know, buddy, but I've been doing this. All right, pause. All right. Okay. How many pages is it? (laughs) It's based on The Body by Stephen King. Okay. From different seasons. What's that say? And what... Fall from Innocence. Fall from Innocence. There we go. Okay. We'll wait for Greg McLeod Lloyd. The most important things are the hardest things to say. They are the things that you get ashamed of. (laughs) Am I really going to do this? Or are we just going to like, how many pages is it? (laughs) Audiobook read by Jared Callen. Uh, when, uh, When I was a teenager, uh, we had to read, uh, The Great Gatsby. And so my, uh, my phone, like, uh, my voice message was the whole first page of The Great Gatsby. So you'd have to listen to all that if you wanted to leave me a message. Nice. Yeah, so I never got messages. <laughs> like, fuck this guy. Yeah, I just... wouldn't have left you a message either. <laughs> I don't know. I would have been like, well, well if I call him back, I'm going to get you chapter two? What's going on? <laughs> People just start calling you, listen, listen to your voicemail. Yeah, just go until it beeps. <laughs> we'll pick up next week. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, From a writer's point of view, though, I could see why Stephen King would say that. This one captures more of, like... Tone? (laughs) Is the tone the same? Yeah. Character backstory, characters, character arc. I would say Dead Zone. I mean, Dead Zone and Carrie both, but... Well, they leave things out. Carrie leaves a lot of stuff out. Dead Zone nails a lot of it, but does leave out some of the character stuff. But those are also those are longer books. I mean, this is right. I mean, this is a novella. Yeah. yeah, and they even had to leave some stuff out. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I think Stephen King was wrong about this. I was surprised about how short it was. I was expecting to sit down and watch a two-hour movie, uh, and it's like ninety minutes. Yeah, it does feel ridiculously <laughs> short. Yeah, like, the pie eating contest kind of feels like it's put in to pad the runtime. I wish there were more scenes like that in this movie, especially because this kid's supposed to be a writer, which seems to be a theme in uh, Stephen King books. He's always a writer. It seems like Rob Reiner is just kind of going into uh, Princess Bride territory right there. He's like, you know, I'm going to do this for the next movie. I'm just going to try it out right here. It, it does feel a little fantastical, but yeah. keep in mind that he it's it's told by a 12 year old and. And it's gonna. It needs to have that like little spark, you know. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's effective to show that he's creative and that you know because the whole time they're talking, you know, e- even when he's having dinner with his parents and 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 his brothers, like, no, man, I really loved your story, even though you know your parents are fucking assholes. I've never seen such just blatant just assholery. Like you know, like what the fuck was up with look, these parents? The man? dad really liked football. Okay, Jared. 
It's He's a, like, here you go, filling the filling the boy's head with all this bullshit. <laughs> He's been playing football. What, what are you talking? What, what, what are we talking about girls for here? You're gonna get him distracted. Look, he's talking about his brother's story. Fuck his brother. Fuck you. <laughs> we ain't raising no fags. They, they actually drop. They, they <laughs> <laughs> it's football all the time. Football it's family. insane, man. Yeah. No. Yeah. Every that, every adult in this in this movie is an asshole. That that dad that actor usually plays uh, kind of a dick character. <laughs> In movies. He, he looked like a football dad. Every time I've seen him, he's always an asshole in a movie. Yeah. Man, I'm drawing a blank. Do they explain in the movie why the parents like the older brother so much more? Just because he's a football star. No, yeah, it, it's all because oh, they don't go into the whole... No, they don't even They don't even explain like any of the military stuff. They just say that like his brother... What was it, Denny? Denny, yeah. Just died in a car accident. Wait, wait, wait. Did he die in the war? Well, no. No, he, he still died. He dies in a car accident, but it's on an army base. He died in a truck accident, is what they said, or something like that. Or Like, he Jeep. goes and he joins But the it also explains that, like, his parents are older, and they, they were told they couldn't have kids, and then Danny was, like, their miracle baby. Right. And then they were told, well, don't, you're never going to have another one. And Danny, like, labor was easy. He didn't cry a lot as a baby. His little brother comes along just sort of as a surprise. And labor took forever. He was tough. He was a tough kid. So they just they automatically had a more love for Denny. And then when Denny died, they're left with the kid they didn't like as much. See that 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 explains a lot more in the movie. It's just like wow, these are some cold fucking hearted parents. And then it really builds up to that scene where Will Wheaton tries to cry. And like you know, he's oh like, my "What gosh. parents?" I, he wasn't as bad as you said he was. So the whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm like, "Brian hates this performance. Brian hates this performance." So I was watching every scene very closely. I think he does a pretty good job, but I don't like the <laughs> cry. I don't like it, dude. I wasn't Especially into after that. River Phoenix. Oh, River Phoenix's just scene nails was it, like, man. "That is so fucking natural." Oh man, well you know, it's a shame we fucking lost him, dude. Yeah, yeah. As young, I mean, like, fuck, he could have given us so much. Like he he he, tra- he tried to turn around. He was gonna like give the he money. He should have been got, like, DiCaprio. Oh man, you yeah. know, yeah. he would have done that. Like he had that much talent. Yeah, he did. You're right. We'd have movies with River Phoenix, Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic two. <laughs> Why well, he's got that rare like movie star charisma where he can you know he can play a leading man and carry a, a movie but he can also perform like nice little character pieces yeah especially at such a young age right yeah I think they all did a really good job I mean like the, all the characters are strong it's just River Phoenix and Jerry O'Connell just fucking run away with this movie for me man just fucking run away with it yeah but so did um, oh what's his name uh, Donatello uh, Corey, Corey Feldman. Feldman. I do have one problem with, with like his uh, I like him in this movie I, th- I liked him in this too I think it's one of his best performances um. No. Yeah, man. What What else has he done better than this, besides Goonies? What? I, man, I would say like. It, wait, besides Goonies? Yeah. Which was like shot yeah, before I, this. I, I liked Friday Four better than this. Friday Thirteenth Part Four. Yeah. Not really the final chapter. <laughs> That's right. Um. Did anybody notice the inconsistency of his prosthetics? And also at the beginning, he starts out with a mole on his nose, and then what it's it. It's it looks like a like a prosthetic mole on his nose. No, it's an it's a, it's an actual zit. He had the act Corey Feldman had a zit when they were filming, oh. and they were trying to cover it up with makeup. It looks like a prosthetic That's mole. That's why it disappears in the movie. 
Yeah, because I was like, what the fuck? Oh, he's got a fucked up ear and a prostate Teenagers role. get zits, Jerry. No, I get that, but it, it was so <laughs> massive, and they, they, they should have shot... perfect skin. They should have shot him on the opposite side of the face, because it's, like, prominent in that treehouse scene. Oh, dude, okay, but... but, but Let's talk about, like, what they should have done shooting-wise. <laughs> like, they fucking throw the fucking 180 out of the line in the fucking third shot in this movie. They're just like, fuck this shit. We're just going to get what we get. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're shooting the car from uh, one side of the road, and then when they cut into the interior for, you know, uh, Richard Dreyfus, you know, his medium shot inside the car, they're on the complete opposite side of the line. It's like, well, that's just... Who directed this? Robert Rodriguez? It's just a shit-ass fucking planning on your wide shot. Why didn't you shoot the wide, why didn't you shoot the wide from the other angle? Because the, later in the scene, when the kid's passing the bicycles, they're shooting the wide from that side, too. Yep. So it's like, dear God, man. So I, I pulled you up. You like the scenery from that way better. That's, That's true. It happens when you give a uh, uh, somebody a, a chance to direct a movie when they came from an acting background. Break the 180 in your third shot in your film. Yeah. Rob Reiner. Way to go. Um, anyways, (laughs) he breaks it all the time. Uh, but yeah, um, but he uses camera movements though, man. Fucking Robert Rodriguez just locks the motherfucking camera down, and if he does anything, (laughs) it's a push in. That's true. I mean, dude, it's brutal. Um, so I, I, was, I, I went to the IMDb and looked up because uh, I was like, at the end of the movie, there's this like great close up, you know, and, and I'm like, wow, this the, the kid's mole is missing. I was like, has it been gone the whole movie? Because I just remembered it for some reason. And I went to the uh, IMDb page. And there's so many continuity errors in this movie. I didn't really notice them, but like even to the point where apparently we're like when they jump in the water, uh, they're, they're, they cut back and their clothes are dry, and there's like a little weird. What'd you find? Yeah, and the, right but when I, they get ready to fall into the water, they all, look like, all the awards it was nominated for. While y'all are complaining about the shots, <laughs> it wasn't nominated for any fucking cinematography award. That's I'll tell true. You that it was nominated for the Oscar for screenplay, best writing. Imagine that best. Picture for Golden Globe. No way. Best Golden Director, Globes. Golden Globe. Japanese Award for Best Subtitles. Academy Award for Japanese Academy nominee. I don't know what the hell that means. Foreign probably Language Academy, Film. Probably the same thing as the uh, Japanese Academy Awards, what the equivalent is there. Casting Society. Look, I'm not saying Directors the movie is not Guild well written. Award. I'm just saying, yeah. like, I, there are some problems here in the photography yeah and i and I, the reason i think that is is because you're, you're working with spirit kids. award that's a good award to get man the spirit awards a good like indie award to get i thought i didn't know that was made or given out in the, in 1986 i didn't i thought it, it was, was more of a 90s thing yeah yeah me too it was nominated as a indian for an independent spirit award for best feature best director and best screenplay how, wait, how, when you get money from Columbia, how thinking, the fuck this, are yeah. you an independent spirit? If you're award? getting seven and a half million bucks on the front end, like yeah, I know. I know Embassy like was originally fronting this, and they backed out, and then uh, somebody came out of pocket for it. Uh, yeah, uh, it was some TV exec, very famous. I forget uh, his name Laurie, was. right? Norman Lear. Norman Lear. That's right. Norman Lear, king of the sitcom. There you go. So yeah. That's he, why it's shot like a sitcom. So he he, <laughs> he, he put up the seven and a half million uh, to get the movie financed. So I mean, I don't now, who's Norman Lear? Uh, old school TV giant, sitcom giant. I don't really. I'm not 100 percent sure and familiar, but he's known for All in the Family, The Jefferson, Sanford and Son, Good Times. It's I've heard of Sanford and Son. You hadn't heard of the Jeffersons? All in the Family. All in the Family. Was it Rob Reiner in All in the Family? That's where they met. Yeah, that's that's what uh, that's how he knows. Oh, is that yeah. that show he was in with uh, the old dude and that weird lady? 
Yes. <laughs> Best description ever. <laughs> you know, that one with that dude, that old lady. Yeah. Trash talking the cinematography aside, this <laughs> is the same DP from Quicksilver. Do you guys know that? I did not know that, but he did a way better job with Quicksilver than he did with this movie. Right? Yes. Same year. This is the same year, right? Is or it? is this? Or no? Was Quicksilver eighty five? Eighty six. It was eighty six, right? I think so. Yeah. I thought it was eighty six. Yeah. Maybe he learned some things. <laughs> Although, do you think like some of it was just Rod Reiner's? Not really. Not, I don't want to say his inexperience because that's 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 kind of harsh of a word. But like just him being nervous about working with the kid actors, which means he wasn't doing coverage a lot of it times either he was doing these long single takes that he would get the kids to like okay look we're gonna go through it we're gonna nail it like a play you know we're gonna do these long single take shots to make sure we get it all there instead of like you know just popping off singles of everything so i don't think the dp was allowed to play as man they much. pop off a lot of singles dude i don't know there's a lot of there's a lot of long single take stuff the treehouse the junkyard like that junkyard i don't even think anybody gets like two full always, lines of dialogue out before it cuts i always felt like they were going for a very like 1950s style yeah but if it was 50s you'd think you'd, you'd let it play longer in those in the stuff wides. on the on the tra- on the, tra- on the uh, train tracks is all like single take walking in, in fours and twos like you know get get oh, i love that scene Oh, where, where it's cutting back between them, and they're having the. T- that is exactly how it feels, too. Oh, when you're when you're working and when you, when you're in a group, there's kind of like people split off and have their little. Moments no, when you're on the railroad tracks and you suddenly hear the train coming. Oh, and you're, you're on that bridge. Scene. Oh, oh God, dude, yeah. I've never been in that situation, so I don't know what that feels like. I've totally been there, not like running down a uh, like a bridge or anything, but I've totally been on the tracks and the train comes and you step back and it's like you know. Yeah, I've done that. It's pretty scary. We were shooting a movie on a train bridge when trains came by, and like. Oh, crap. Benson, that's stupid. Don't get on a train bridge. Come on, man. If, if Sarah then Jones taught anybody. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> we have to use this movie knowledge, Benson. Yeah, I grew up with a railroad tracks running behind my house, so I knew where the bridge was because we used to go play on it as kids. Um, so, yeah, I never did. So in Smallest Oceans, I rode in that the guy gets killed by going on the train bridge. I've heard of people getting hit by trains, which is apparently how this kid died, right? He got hit by a train. The kid they're going to find. Yeah. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah. He would be destroyed. The body. Yeah, there's no way that he's, he'd be a whole body just knocked out of his kids. Dude, did you see? Like, he had some scrape. He had a scrape on his forehead, yeah. and then he had like a cut on his chin. I don't know. I've had dogs get hit by trains, and yeah, they look fine. Somebody was telling me that somebody got hit over there off the other side of Poplar uh, Extended, that train track that runs right there, and they were finding body parts. Well, it depends on what part of the train hits you. Like, some of the stuff that's hanging off the side or the front of the train just kind of knocks you off. Oh, kind of like hits you and knocks you, like knocks you away. Yeah. It doesn't, like, suck you under it. But if, you, if you're, like, right in the middle of the track and you go under it, yeah, they're gonna, there's pieces of you scattered everywhere. So maybe if it hits you and, like, knocks you down, maybe that's why you rolled off down the hill. Yeah. Oof. The idea is that he was on like the side of the track. The train hit him and so knocked him. It was like a uh, you know like those Looney Tunes cartoons. The character was sitting there, and the <laughs> train bounced. came and it hit him. And it stopped the train dead in its tracks, and then he went flying. <laughs> Did you feel Keep something? Going. Nah. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, because something. I mean, we would find. I mean, we'd find some animals just gone. scattered, Ugh. and then you'd find like when my do- both the dogs I had that got hit by trains. We had to bury both of them. Wow. I don't want to be buried. 
in a pet <laughs> cemetery. <laughs> you guys ready for the trailer? Is there a trailer for this movie? There is, man. I bet it's great. <laughs> all right, guys. We're going to play the trailer for Stand By Me. We'll be back. In all our lives, there's a fall from innocence. A time after which we are never the same. It happened in the summer of 1959. A long time ago. Oh, man. Where do you hear this? Where do you hear this? What is it, man? You guys want to go see a dead body? When the night has come. And the land is dark. We interrupt to bring you an update on the search for the missing 12-year-old Ray Brower. Kid's gone. They're never going to find him. Not where they're looking. And the moon is the only light we'll see. You think Mighty Mouse could beat up Superman? Mighty Mouse is a cartoon. Superman is a real guy. No way a cartoon could beat up a real guy. We're going to be on every radio and TV show in the country. I still don't think we should go. If I can only have one food for the rest of my life, that's easy. Pass. Cherry flavor pass. No question about it. I'd like to go someplace where nobody knows me. We found him. We got dibs. We better start running, eyeball. They got dibs. There's four of us, eyeball. You just make your move. You're dead. For some, it's the last real taste of innocence. I'm never gonna get out of this town now, my glory. You can do anything you want, man. And the first real taste of life. This is really a good time. The most a blast. But for everyone, it's the time that memories are made of. So darling, darling. We're back. That was the trailer for Stand By Me. That was. Yeah. That had trailer guy. Yes, it did. <laughs> yes. It was a summer they would never forget. <laughs> for some, the loss of innocence. <laughs> I don't even know what the words were. <laughs> Amazing, though. Yeah. Amazing. Watching that trailer did make me uh, recall that deer scene. What did you guys think about the deer moment? I was like, oh, dear. Um... Because it, 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 it kind of it didn't bug me. I liked it. I don't. What did you guys think it was supposed to be though? Like, what is that supposed to represent? Like, Will Wheaton, he just he has this moment where he gets you know he gets that story, the backstory of um, River Phoenix's character, you know, stealing the milk money and then trying to return it, but the teacher like totally like I don't know, I mean, kept I, it. And I feel like I'm cheating because I know the novella and oh, I mean, it's the same. Like, what what does this mean in the movie? It, but is the deer scene in the book? Okay, so like just so much from someone who hasn't read it, and from watching the trailer, it's like an innocent moment that he had with himself, and uh, I don't know why he doesn't want to share it with everybody. Yeah, because I'd have been like, thing. "Guys, you wouldn't fucking believe what happened." A deer almost came up to me. We locked eyes, and then it walked away. I jumped on its back and rode it down the railroad tracks for a while. I guess it's not a very good story. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd still tell it. I mean, after you after you told your pie eating contest story, you know, I saw a deer. And it left. It was right on top of me, though. I mean, that's still impressive. (laughs) So what happens in the book? He sees a deer. (laughs) And 
<laughs> on top of him it's, like that? It's after like a deep talk and long night, and he finds it very beautiful and like to him it means a lot. It's like an innocent moment inside of this kind of dark trip they're on because he's starting to get the the depth that they're going to see a kid that's dead. Right. And he realizes that telling the other kids it's not going to mean as much as what it felt to him sitting there seeing it. So that becomes like his little moment. It's kind of like looking at a picture of a mountain. Not the same as being there. <laughs> okay, I can see that. Yeah, see I'm saying? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't you. live up. Yeah, and you kind of get the sense that he knows that, like, if he goes, hey, guys, this deer, and it was just beautiful, they would all be, shut the fuck up. Right. And he didn't want that moment ruined. It's like explaining the plot to Titanic. You really got to watch it. (laughs) What? (laughs) I was with you guys until that sentence. Then I'm getting off the track here. I'm off track. Well, it's hard to understand that the boat sinks. Yeah. No, I'm I'm talking about the beautifulness of the story. And yeah, I got your metaphor. Thank you. I couldn't figure out why. Why cannot DiCaprio? Why can't you get on that raft? We get on that piece of wreckage with Kate Winslet. Why? What's going on? And Billy Zane's wig is immaculate. <laughs> um. oh. Every podcast, Titanic. Yeah, I could always bring it up. It's it's a running gag. Um, I like the game. I like I like that they 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 show that they're they're kids all the time because they're always fucking with each other or in like all these shots of them walking. There's this cool little game that they're playing. Uh, where like, they're walking on on both of the rails and they're holding the stick between each other and they're trying to pull each pull each other over yeah yeah i don't know i just i love little little things like that as they travel they have know. the flinching game oh it's a two, two for flinching that's right isn't there a band called two for flinching no i don't know that may be it sounds like an awesome band name though. I, I think there's a band called two for flinching and i was like as i was watching this movie i was like that's where that comes from <laughs> You never knew that before. I, you know, I've seen. I saw this movie when I was a well, kid. You've never had friends that like just randomly hit you. With oh, two bro, for flinching? I've never heard the two for flinching, but uh, wow. I've totally been like frogged and no, hit yeah, and I didn't. just you know have yeah, asshole friends. Wow, I'm so old now. <laughs> <laughs> These are kids that are growing up in the fifties. That's so. true. <laughs> well, we did it in the eighties. I can tell you that much. Benson grew up in a simpler time. <laughs> It was still the fifties where he grew up. Pretty close. <laughs> well, we we all grew up in rural America, right? Like yeah. uh, smaller towns. Yeah, yeah. When I grew up in Arlington, it was pretty small town. Yeah, I, I grew up in a yeah because I think what was the population? I wrote it down was uh, twelve hundred and eighty one Castle Rock's population. So it's yeah. you know, a small little town. Yeah, it's about what Arlington was. Really? Twelve hundred eighty one. I love that one. Somebody just gave birth. Somebody just gave birth. You know, they, they've got a little ticker on there. They can go spin it. <laughs> oh, we got an extra win. <laughs> we don't wait for the census around here. <laughs> I mean, the school I went to from kindergarten, it was a school that had kindergarten to eighth grade. And there was only like 320 students in the whole school. That's crazy. That's awesome. Um, I was just thinking about how, you know, people b- born and die in this town. You know, the beginning of the movie talks about how, uh, you know, uh, it, tw- tw- when I was 12 years old, I saw my first dead body. But didn't he already see his dead brother? And you know, I was thinking about that and that weird like dream flashback he has. Well, no, I mean, like he, he had to go to like, his brother's funeral, well, right? Well, they show him, yeah, in that in that dream sequence. Yeah, I think that's just dad's a nightmare. Like, well, but I'm, but he still went to his brother's he's, he's funeral. He still had to go right? to his brother's funeral. I mean, his brother's oh, been dead it for was like, Had to be a closed casket funeral. Oh, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't think about that. 
Okay. You mutilate yeah. a body so far, they can't fix it up. Is that yeah, what happens in the book? Is it talk about he was, he was in a closed casket? I don't remember. I think so. I don't even remember. Okay, that make, that, that makes sense then. No, but it's just weird how it opens up. He's like, you know, 12 years old. I was 12 years old and I saw my first dead body. And then they say that the brother died. <laughs> I was like, this is weird. Well, I mean, it does make sense. I didn't think about that. Being in a car accident, you know. Yeah. yeah he I probably didn't okay. look too pretty. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. I'll buy that logic. Okay, no plot hole. Sorry. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, we'll give the movie that one. <laughs> I always liked how the kids, the actors that are portraying the kids, they actually seem like a group of friends. That oh, that's totally true. Eclectic little group of, you can tell they're not the popular kids. The leftovers that all hang out together. The Losers Club. Yeah, I, I, I think, I, I don't know, man. I, I think they mostly have good chemistry. I just, man, I really don't like Will Wheaton in this movie. Bro. And, and Corey Feldman is just... He's not really doing it for I me. I thought either. he was really good in this man. Yeah, I thought he was really good. It could just be that, like, you just don't like Will Wheaton. I well, understand. they pair, well, they pair those two. Like, okay, so River Phoenix and, and Will Wheaton, they have Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Wheaton. <laughs> I mean, he's supposed they're, to be an awkward little kid. No, it's not that he's an awkward kid. I don't have a problem with that. It's just his performances. Like, you see River Phoenix break down before him. When he breaks down, but I, I, I will say that that's his weakest moment. But he, uh, other times, like he's he's pretty damn good, man. Like he's not even bad. He, even when he has the gun at the end of the movie, and he's he's like gonna shoot Kiefer Sutherland. I'm just like, I, I I'm getting it. up and I believed it. Ah, man, I just I didn't. I'm just not feeling it. I'm just not there, man. I, I don't know he, why. I thought he did fine. I, think, I even I thought he, he did really good during block. the uh, the leeches scene. Oh, that was great. Yeah. When he looked down and saw how small his dick was, and he passed out, dude. I mean, it was it was it was okay, but I mean, just everything everything River Phoenix was doing just felt so much more natural. And they would just put them in the same scene, like even when they're walking together and they're. Um, it's because their characters are in the same scene together. <laughs> no, but when they're in the same scene, and you have one child actor that is really amazing, and then one that's just not carrying it, it's just it's hard, man. You need to watch more Next Generation, and you'll fall in love with him more. And then you'll come back to this and be like, oh, "He's not that bad." It's just I've never movie, even <clears throat> I've never seen movie. him in Next Generation, and I thought he did fine in this movie. I thought he was great in The Curse. <laughs> <laughs> Little '80s horror movie there for you, but um, yeah, I just yeah, and it, you know, it could be. It's not fair, like you know, I mean. Comparing 12. him to another actor, yeah. And River Phoenix is 14. a lot more experienced yep. at that point. I mean, I get it. It's just. It, it's so hard for me, dude. It's so hard. Every time. The fucking crying scene just ruins it for me. Yeah, they, they, I love how they cut right in the middle of it to kind of like, they, they, they build it. You know, River Phoenix, they just let it, it's, it's a single shot. They just let it live. Uh, his, they, he, he, he does a, <clears throat> he does one of those in the middle of it. I'm like, oh, it's, it's slightly cringy. That is a uh, is. difference between the story and the movie. In the book, River Phoenix's character break da- breaks down and does the whole crying thing, but the other kid doesn't. He like hmm. keeps his all inside. Wonder why they did that then? Just to make sure that he, they they see him have his final release. I think they yeah. wanted the two main kids to have their kind of emotional arcs, so that when they go home, I was actually surprised that there was all this emotional. I didn't remember that really that there was all this emotional shit in this movie about how how deep it actually got. You know, with the characters, yeah, it's, it's kind, kind of surprising. I, I forget what like the, exactly where the turn is, but it, it's a pretty fun movie. And then it's kind of like right, at, 
It's after the campfire scene, I think. It's when they start realizing, like you said, it's like they start realizing th- this is this darker. is getting real. I mean, like and like and when Jerry O'Connor Connell's uh, what's what's the kid's the fat kid's name? Uh, Vernon. Vernon. He's like Verno. he's like he's like whoa whoa whoa. What if it's all like gross and shit? And then I'm not gonna I'm gonna have nightmares. He's like I don't want to fucking go. They're like <laughs> his eyes are gonna be fucking bulging out. They're gonna be all bloody. I can't see all that blood. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like it, it starts to the closer they get, the more real it gets, and the more real they get. It's a very interesting metaphor of that. You know, that kind of traveling into adulthood where as a kid, all the problems are just kind of out here. And then right. as they get deeper into the trip, the problems are heavier and they're yeah. having to deal with them. And, and not only are they facing mortality and all that, then they actually face their bullies, you know, at that moment. It's kind of like the, the ultimate climax of everything just kind of hits at once. No fair. You drove. We uh, got here first. <laughs> The passage in the book when uh, they're they're seeing the kid, it's really powerful because the guy's like, they're realizing like he's not going to take a test tomorrow. He's not going to get up and go home. He's not going to brush his teeth. It's it's pretty powerful. Yeah, he's supposed to be their, their same age, but the, that body laying there looked older than them to me. He even had stubble. It's, it, it's decayed. What, what, so. Was <laughs> yeah. he supposed to be the same age or was yeah. he a little bit older? <clears throat> they, they, they keep bringing it up. 12-year-old kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, they brought it up multiple times he just hit puberty a little sooner yeah 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 there were kids that had beards when it i was flattened in his face out dude the train when it hit him it just yeah. you know it made him look older yeah i get it yeah it's really like the it's a gaffer <laughs> oh it's the gaffer they're like just lay down like, for hey, a minute. uh you look kind of young lay down there. <laughs> hey, you know we, you need a break yeah union requirements <laughs> <laughs> i've always really liked this movie no, I, yeah, I've always, I've always in, enjoyed the film. I've always wondered why it was rated R. I mean, I know why, because of the language. But I always forget about the language. Why they chose that. And, man, going, like I let the kids watch it, and they loved it, but I was like, the whole time, I'm like, man, I forgot about that. Ooh, they, I forgot about that, too. <laughs> you know, they, they drop the F word. No, I don't, don't mean fuck. They actually say faggot once. Uh, which I thought was like, whoa, I, this is like back when you could do 86, that. 86, man. I know, and, it, yeah. and it's just like, and I was like, I can't believe, I can't believe how like how dirty their language was, especially when they're trying to market this toward kids. Um, and which also, I didn't think they were marketing it towards kids. Man, I wanted to see this when I was a I kid. Think so, I, man. I think this was totally marketed like 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 this is like trying to push right at that teenager. Yeah, I remember wanting to see this. Teenager and kids different. Like horror I'm movies, sorry, I are, teenagers, kids. <laughs> Marketing-wise, horror movies are marketed toward teenagers, right? And they're rated R, but right. kids' movies are like okay. Sorry, I, I teenagers. mean the, these actors were in kids' movies. I mean, this is the cast from the Goonies and the Explorers, but I don't think it was marketed towards kids. I think it was marketed towards teenagers yeah, and young adults. That's what I meant. It's toward teenagers. They should have known that kids would want to see this movie because it was about kids, man, doing. Doing cool shit. Yeah, but like the, what I meant was like the the language is like how when like I said we went to see the new it and how just how wow there's like straight up just like you know just, it's just fucking cussing constantly. And I was yeah, like wow I, it's just shocking, but like this is the same way. It's just the same, but for the eighties, you know. I imagine Stephen King and his friends cussed a lot as oh, kids. Oh no shit, they had to have right. Although thinking back, like I just met up with a buddy Stephen of mine that. You know, I was best friends with when I was 12, and one of the first things we said was, man, I can't believe how bad we used to talk. Oh, dude, yeah. Actually, uh... It's, it's real. How bad I talk <clears throat> now. I was I was hanging out at my buddy's house down the street, and I don't know how old we were, probably 15-ish, maybe a little younger. Uh, we definitely weren't driving. And uh, some kid came over, and both of he and I uh, were saying fuck a lot. 
and uh, it's like, whoa, 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 the, the, the parents are right there. And I stood up and looked at the parents and, and I said, I say fuck. And then they were like, hey, hey, like, yeah. and I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. But now that I look back on that, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> I say fuck. <laughs> well, you I was know, trying to make a point, though. I mean, it's right there in the book. You were, you were very supposed blunt. to use yeah. his imagination. You made up the fucking story. And Stephen King based a lot of this on his uh, own experiences, right? Apparently all of these stories in here are somewhat based on his personal experience. Well, obviously at pupil isn't. And I'm not sure what Shawshank Redemption would be. Yeah. Really? Or the one about I, 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 the librarian from monster. From what I was reading, it, apparently there are things in, the, in these stories that are close to him. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was watching the, the little documentary they had on the... Um, uh, the Blu-ray and Stephen King was saying like the the leech scene like that was an actual thing that happened to him. Oh, okay. And uh, I forget there was another scene in the movie too, but it's less memorable. Oh, I know what it was is the uh, the mailbox when they're doing the mailbox uh, baseball. Yeah. Apparently, some kids did that. I don't know if Stephen King did that or. Well, he, he ten- was like, I'm not saying okay. He tends to be able to take like little things that happen in his life and turn them into stories. You ever hit something with a baseball bat, like a like a, a baseball, or you try to hit and it, it like kind of hurts your hands? Yeah, you know, like it like really like yeah, you're you, holding it wrong. You hit it wrong. Yeah, you're holding it wrong. But just imagine you're going thirty or forty miles an hour and you swing at a fucking base at, at a at a uh, mailbox, but you hit the pole. Man, just imagine that just like <laughs> vibrating your whole body. The reverberations go all the way up the bat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you start shaking again, like a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> I know how like they like just knock that one, just oh, and barely it's loose, like hanging. And yeah. you hear one of the guys go foul ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice touch. Yeah, there's a lot of like I think the dialogue is the strongest thing in the movie. It just all of it clicks. Huge chunks of this are like line for line from, from the, the book. book. Yeah, like they take like exactly what See, they that's say. That's awesome. That's badass. Yeah, it's it dialogue wise, it's really close. That just shows you the quality of the actual, you know, the manuscript, which is, you know, great. Good source, you know, good product. But the end is different in the novella, right? A little bit, yeah. Um, Instead of Gordy pulling the gun, River Phoenix's character pulls the gun. Chris, which makes sense. I was was expecting him in that scene to pull the gun. And I think one of his his brother is there. Yeah, Ace is his brother. And... Ace is Chris's brother? Yeah. Not the not 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 the friend because there's a friend. Oh yeah, who's got his? It looks like he's had a cigarette put out uh, in his eyeball. Eye? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, he's got a little weird prosthetic. Yeah, eyeball little... is Vern's brother. Okay, Ace is Chris's older brother. Yeah, that, that, they said that in the movie too, didn't they? No, uh, eyeballs Chris's brother. And okay, so that's what it is. Or maybe maybe it is, is Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, maybe it is brother. eyeball. Oh yeah, is the, the, yeah, 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 it yeah, is yeah, eyeball yeah. is Chris's brother. I knew his brother was there. Yeah, yeah. So Eyeball is Chris's brother. The other guy is Vern's brother because he he's the one that found the body, but doesn't want to didn't want to tell anybody. Vern yeah. overheard it, looking for his hidden pennies that he can't remember where he buried them. That is a great joke. Oh, dude, I love that. That's a beautiful shots too. Like uh, during that, like when he's under the porch. And, oh, come on, man. That, that no, was, dude, that was overlit. Fuck you. It's that was overlit, it's, bro. It, it, that, Okay, which is, I was going to say, this movie, that's the reason why I asked earlier about the TV thing, because this kind of feels like a TV movie with the way it's lit, with this overlit thing a little bit at times, but I like the shots under the under yeah. there with, with all the holes, and then that, that really, there's a really pretty shot where he's there, and you, the light's coming through the uh, through the floorboards, and it's lighting him up, and then the close-up of his eye while he's watching. 
I don't know, man. Th- those are some pretty shots. I may have just been overthinking the look. I just always, I just always assumed they were shooting it to look like a memory thrown into movie. See, I, I didn't, I didn't like the flashback of of the funeral with that weird white, oh my God, like dude, that overexposed, like, like it's like film schooly. That feels like a TV. It feels like a TV movie. And see, I always thought that is just a nightmare. Because I really don't think he's dead when it should have been you. Well, yeah, it's a nightmare. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah. totally the nightmare. But nightmare like, yeah. dream sequence, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I didn't like that dream filter. Fucking diffuse. And in right. the, yeah. at the end, you were asking about the end. At the end of the uh, movie, the only oh, yeah, person, yeah. the only one that, like, they're all walking off and Gordy's kind of telling what happens to them all and this guy gets a job, this guy goes to jail and then gets out and does odd work, but Chris gets stabbed in a restaurant. Stabbed in the throat. Um Oof. In the book, they all die. Like, they're all dead by the time they're, like, 18. Yeah. One of them says a line is, like, he probably won't even live to be 20. Chris still gets... Does he get shot in the... Is it shot, or does he get stabbed in the He gets stabbed in the throat, but he does... Like, he still goes to college. He's still... He's on track to being a lawyer. He gets out of the situation, and he's breaking up a fight in a restaurant and gets stabbed. That's pretty... That's pretty spot on. Minus that the other two friends are dead. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They're they're gone in the book. I always like that. that. That's like I think my favorite part. Just passed passed a line. That said, they're going to put you in Shawshank. <laughs> I think that's that's my favorite part of the movie is just that at the end, like you have these friends and it, you know it's it's like real life or these you meet people and they kind of come in and out of your life. That's you exactly know? true. Yeah, and I just I've always loved that about. About this movie, it's very honest. And especially more then than now, because, you know, Facebook allows people to, internet allows people to stay connected. Oh, dude, I didn't even think about that. But, like, back then, you know, if, if, if someone moved away or you just like just like how Chris was talking about, how he's like, man, you're going to go to your honors classes and you're going to meet new guys. And uh, actually, I like how he he builds up everybody. He, he's the leader of the group. But oh, he, yeah, he's he, definitely like, the you know, but he, he's he's always he's breaking up fights. He's he's pushing, uh, you know, uh Corey Feldman out of yeah. the way of the train. Yeah, man. He, he yeah. pushed him out. He pushed him out of the way. You're right. And then and then Gordy, he's like he's like, dude, he's he's like he's like, don't listen to your fucking dad, man. You're gonna go off. And you're gonna be a badass writer, man. Fuck your dad. He's like he's like he's like fuck you. You know he's like, he's like you you do what you want to do, man. I believe in you. And like you know he, he's really pushing all that. Um, I forgot where I, what, why I brought all that up, but yeah, he was the leader. <laughs> I was trying to make a point. Yeah, no, I I, I love I, I like River Phoenix, and you know I. It's also not fair to like go like oh he's the best actor because they do give him the most to do in the entire movie. and it's it's weird that uh, that he doesn't get top billing because at the very end it pops That's up true. it says Will Wheaton and then I was like wow I thought it would be the other way around but I know it is Gordy's story because he's the one narrating it right yeah but in the book it's it's his story right yeah okay it's so. same thing Gordy's narrating okay um, yeah so let's see Vern was killed in a house fire in Lewiston. In 1966, Teddy died in a car crash just after high school. Just after high school. Let me ask you something about Teddy character. Because I know this is explained for sure in the novella, but in the movie, do you guys think that Teddy's dad is an actual World War II vet or that he's made that up and his dad's just crazy and burned his ear? I felt like that's his way to connect not reading it, I, I I feel like that that may that may be true, but it may not be. Maybe just his that's his way of like dealing with it to to for him to be able to understand why his father's so fucking crazy, 
and you know maybe had PTSD or something and like slammed his head down on the stove and and had this issue. So he's like that. He's he's giving that as a reason. He's like, man, my fucking father stormed the goddamn beaches of Normandy, and that's why you know he he's seen some shit, man. You know, it's why it's, he's he's wearing the dog tags. You know, he's, yeah. He, I mean, he, he's he's even he, he even talks about like, but but he, he talks about like when he's extending. Gordy's story. He said. He said. He said. You know. You should have him go back and kill his father, then run off to join the the national guard <laughs> or whatever. So I mean, there, there's like, still there, there's still some animosity there, but he still looks up to him or whatever because it's, to him, his his dad was a hero. I like in the movie though, they don't clearly answer that. I mean, no, he, but it's he, there, you know. Because he yeah, even he, breaks down. He's like, my dad was a war hero. It's, in that scene, you're kind of like, oh, was he was or wasn't he? he? Yeah, I don't know. Are you just lying to your fucking self, to make you feel better? All the kids break down and cry except for uh, the fat kid, the dumb one. Yeah, Burning. like, like he, he has a moment. He's like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna have fucking nightmares." He has he has a freak out like that. But all the other kids actually have emotional like change. They actually like deal with some shit on this journey. Yeah, Jerry. They don't give Jerry O'Connell. He doesn't really do. get it. He's kind of the. He had the relief. moment when he was like, "I brought the comb." Oh, see, his mo- he, he's I like good, that. Though. I, I, like- I like that because he, I mean, was- he cries on the train. Well, when he's having to run away oh, from it. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, you know, he, he got he got to face a fear. Okay, I, I get that. But actually, I, I like that sweetness of his character. He's trying to fit in so much that he he like you know they're all going to be on TV. So he brings a comb so they can all have good hair. And they're like you know he's like you don't even have any hair. He's like I brought it for you guys. You know he's just like he's he's just trying to be one of the guys. You know. Yeah, that's six cents, bro. I'm looking for my pennies. I don't know where I buried them. At, at the end of the movie, he gets a penny. <laughs> he does. Um, oh, I found a penny. Back to what I was talking about earlier, about how the gang just feels like they really fit, like they're the the leftovers that just fit together. Mm-hmm. Like he's so excited that he's got these friends that he gets to hang out with. Right. When Gordy's telling his story about the pie eating contest, is he telling that story kind about of like, Vern? Yeah, it's like, hey, Vern, Vern, this is this is for you, buddy. I thought this that. one's for you, but man. Cause kind of he, on the nose, because I mean, like everybody in that story is like, "Hey," f-, and I mean, and being a fat fella myself, I was like, "Man, they're all calling him Lardass." Hey, Lardass. Hey, Lardass. And even, even the even the judge is like, "Okay, we got your seat right over here, Lardass." I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> goddamn, dude. <laughs> like everybody. Like, <laughs> I, it always bothered Man. me. Why? Why does everybody? Was everybody eating the pie at the pie, pie eating contest? Oh, how they're all vomiting. They're like, all vomiting like, purple like, vomit. Like, like that weird cherry pie stuff. Like, yeah. And some of them were vomiting out of their chin. Oh, you're talking about the tube? Like, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, it's so, you the could totally see the up. tubes. Like, you know, it just, yeah. But yeah, it's weird. I guess, too, yeah. I guess so everybody there was, it was, it was eating pie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's so strange. It does get my gag reflex going, though, man. It's, it's even worse in the book. Like. Oh man! The way he's describing it, it's just like, oh man, I can't. I tell you, it, the worst shot is when the the old lady just kind of spits into her purse, and she just does that little, that oh, little, little block. Sp- yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Dude, I don't know why that's so nasty, um, but it, oh, that one hits me. I was in a church play when I was probably about ten, and one of the kids vomited on stage, and then all the kids were like, bleh, bleh. And I, I just remember like I was standing off the off on the wing on the side, and I just remember like leaning my head off, going, oh, like. <laughs> The is man, it just happens, man. I, I think that's a, I think that's that's a natural reflex, like yawning. You know, like like if if someone yawns, then you yawn. But if someone vomits, then then you'll because it's like if if the soup was poisoned, then we're all poisoned. <laughs> what? what I'm saying, no, it's it's a natural reflex. So like if you're vomiting, there should be a reason that you're vomiting. So maybe I should be vomiting too. It's like until a, you have kids, then you're 
immune to it. Yeah, oh, you're like, all right, get it, get it over with. I right, get over that trash can. <laughs> oh, I have to admit, I'm terrible. I'm like, hey, kids vomiting. I'm going in the other room. <laughs> Even their babies, though, it's like I don't know. It doesn't it well, really have cute. a doesn't really have a smell. No, I'm older, talking. Though. I'm talking about vomit, vomit. Like they're Ooh. older, they're sick. Ooh, you know, hold your four. daughter's hair and like you know it's gonna be okay, baby. <laughs> My daughter was three years old the first time I was watching her when she had like actual vomits. Ooh. She was in her bed. She wakes up crying. I go in. There's vomit everywhere. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> so I called mom. Is like, hey, this kid's sick. I'm bringing her to your house. <laughs> so. It, Freezing snow outside. I load her in the car, and I'm driving to Munford to oh, drop no. her off. And then she's like, "Daddy, I'm gonna get sick." Oh no, not so in the car! I'm trying to pull over, <laughs> and then she vomits all over herself. Uh. Luckily, I thought about bringing clothes, so I pull over to park. I've got my sick kid changing her clothes <laughs> in the park. <laughs> Drove her to my mom's, dropped her off. Went here. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know when she's better. Anywhere but the car, baby. And it was a single anyway. cab truck. <laughs> oh man, can't spray Woo! that one out. <laughs> Everybody's had uh, had a close call on that one, right? Or the actual incident happened. Oh, I've totally vomited in a vehicle. Yeah, yeah, me too. It sucks. Yeah, I had a buddy of mine. We were leaving. Uh, we went to go see Levon Helm, who was in a band called The Band. And uh, so, <laughs> clever name. Yeah, great band though. Um, the Band. He, uh, they were uh, Bob Dylan's backup band for a while. Oh no shit! Yeah, the oh, band. Right. that's why they're called the band. But uh, anyways, uh, so we we were uh, uh, after the show. There was like a meet and greet thing, and there was all this free wine and beer. So we drank all the wine that they had. Please and tell me you didn't throw up on the band. No. Okay. And then and then so then we moved to beer because all that we drank all the, the wine was gone. And on the way back, he was laying with his head against the window, right? He's like, man, that feels really good. He's like, you mind rolling that down so I can get some air? And I was like, sure. So I roll the window down, and you hear it like squeak. Down his cheek, and he like ends up laying his head, like like halfway in, halfway out. He's like, "Oh, that feels great." And he goes, oh, and he's just like vomiting down into the door. So you can imagine where oh, like no. the <laughs> where the window goes down oh. into the door. I'm like, no. <laughs> You ever get the fucking smell out of the car, when man? I, when I got, and it's like all down the door and then into the floorboard and everything. So when I got to his house and I like kicked him out and I said, I said, man, I went over like I unspooled his water hose and I said, I don't give a fuck about my truck here. And I said, spray it out. And he's like, <laughs> he's like spraying the, my floorboard out and like down into the door and like roll the window up. And like just, oh, it was terrible, oh, dude. God. <laughs> Imagine like rolling your window up like three no, years no, later no, no, and you, it's like, oh. No, when you did roll yeah, it up, it, 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 would, it would smear up. Oh! <laughs> oh. All right, we got to stop talking about this. So, to, our, our, our listeners are oh, loving this. I'm starting to get a gag reflex here. I was at a party one night drinking a gallon of wine. Oh, man. oh my God. And I was in Mark's truck, and we're getting onto the interstate. When I go, pull over, Mark goes, we can't pull over. Roll the window down. Oh, no. So I rolled the window down, hung out of the car, and vomited. The funny part of the story comes two days later when we're talking to William. And William finally asks, what were you hanging out of the car for and what did you spray all over my windshield? (laughs) (laughs) We're like, huh? He goes, well, I saw you lean out of the car. Next thing I know, I can't see anything. There's just like stuff all over my windshield. Like, oh, sorry. (laughs) He's like, sorry, I had to come. (laughs) I vomited on your car at 60 miles an hour. (laughs) Oh, That's better than having it all sprayed down the side of the truck. I've seen that. Where, yeah. 
Uh, all right, guys. I got. Oh, we got. Yeah, we got to stop talking about this. You, you don't have one. We've all told one. Uh, no, I don't really. I don't. Uh, you don't vomit, huh? Yeah, I don't. I don't I've always. Uh, you make it to the trash can. Yeah. Okay. Are close close enough? If you have a vomit story, <laughs> drop Send us an email. Oh, uh, guys, I think uh, I don't have any more. I don't think, man. We haven't talked about the music. And oh, the I score. do. I do like the the score. How the uh, the Stand bring, By Me is the, kind of incorporated. The, yeah, the, the the theme of it, but it's kind of like. Um, it's slowed down. It's and, slowed down and, and, and a little, like, you know, you, you could miss it if you weren't, you know, you, it could, like, wash over you and you don't re- really realize what it is. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. And I also love the use of, like, you know, actual music to kind of set the tone and time. But it makes me think that all they listen to is doo-wop music. Doo-wop, doo-wop. Well, Rob Reiner said, like, this is this was the stuff he listened to when he was growing up. I mean, I guess it was what was popular. Does anybody know why they changed the name to Stand By Me? Because everybody said the body is a shitty title, Especially, any title but that title. Yeah, and the producers like literally quoted as saying like, ah, you know, Rob Reiner came up with "Stand by Me." That was the best we could come up with. And I wonder if they if they if they, if they came up with the title before or after they wanted to use the song. Oh no, they had already placed the song. The song was already in the movie. Okay, so so they came up with the title. The body is a weak that. title. You can tell he was just kind of like uh, the body. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, it's the it's it's the motivation of the of the trip, you know. So I, I guess I, I mean it, it's the the thing that brought them all together to, to to go on this journey. So I get that, but as a, you know, marketing a movie, yeah, the body. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I could see how that could be an uphill battle, but I mean, you know, I don't know. The novella title, I think it's fine. It's a little, it's, it's a short story, you know. A little, little coming of age, man. You know, we're getting older here. Fall of innocence, brother. You know, our, our bodies are changing. You know, it's all about the body. That's right. I got a leech on my penis. What's going on here? <laughs> Never fun. Man, there was a lot of blood in his hand when he when he had that you know, leech. And there's no blood on anybody. They get little sucker marks or whatever, and there's no one else has any blood on them. But you get you get one on the sack. Apparently, it's gonna bleed. It's been feeding longer. Wait, too. was it on his sack? Uh, Jerry O'Connell's known. He's like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, he, he faded. Yeah, yeah, it on his sack. They said sack. How, how did he know? I mean, was he in there looking? I mean, like he when he, reaches... when he opened up his whitey tighties, they all like looked over and looked at his little dick. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was just like they were all like, "Oh damn, bro!" Because I thought he just like opened it up and looked down, and everyone was like, "No, for real!" Yeah. And then when he brought the leech out, everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, it was in there!" Because later on, when uh, when he's like uh, <laughs> when uh, River Phoenix, Chris is like. Uh, He's like, you had a fat one, huh? He's like, he's talking about. He's like, he's like a suck my fat one or whatever. Or what do he say? Yeah, that's what he says. And he's like, the he's, biggest in uh, he's, four he's, biggest in four counties. He should have said, well, you should already know. You've already seen it. <laughs> you saw it. Feed that leech. Yeah. <laughs> leech even need to get them. He's, he's, like, he's like, he said, you see those stretch marks around that leech's mouth? Here, gentlemen, I do believe so. Stretch marks around leech. the leech's mouth, man. Wow, hashtag <laughs> leech stretch marks. All right, <laughs> what are we rating this here, gentlemen? Nine, you're going nine. Wow, I was gonna go 8.5. I'm gonna stay 8.5. Great acting, um, <clears throat> yeah, doesn't look too good. Um, but it, it serves its purpose. It's, it's one of these quintessential films. I've seen spoofs of that ending. You know, where 
where you were the wrap up with the narration, you know, so-and-so went off to do this and, and this happened. And it's even like, there's a family guy episode where they do it. <clears throat> uh, you know, so, I mean, like it, it's definitely a, a movie of the ages. When did breakfast club come out? When was that? Hmm. It's a good question. 1985. Four. 1985. Ah, my first guess. That definitely has an ending that uh, this movie definitely rips off. Yeah. Yeah. But the, but the walking off into the into down the street and like, you know, disappearing, you know, and that's quintessential. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. I don't know. It ends the same way the book does, and the book was published in... Good Foley sound. <laughs> 82. 82? So Breakfast Club ripped off Stephen King. <laughs> Boom! Well, no, because the way it's written is not like how it's photographed. It, it, the way it's ripped off is how it's staged and blocked and, and photographed. It's filmmaking I, it was, it was a joke, bro. But, you know, <laughs> well, I just want to be clear about this. This is the reason he doesn't like comedies. He just doesn't get jokes. <laughs> That's right. I have no funny bone. Uh, no, guys, uh, I think I'm going to come in at a, uh, at a 7. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a 7. Um, script highlight. Um, I think from now on, instead of us rating the movies, we should just guess what, what he's, he's going to rate. Oh, that's it. a good idea. Why? Because I, I we usually rate around the same. Yeah, but you went lower than I thought you would on this. You actually well, went higher than I thought you would. Oh, really? The, yeah, I thought he was going to come in about six, six point five. The script, the script's really good. Uh, River Phoenix is really good. Um, that's why I was thinking you were going to at least go eight. Man, it's shot really poorly, dude. It, it just, is. so it many is. That, fucking that's, that's technical the... errors in this fucking movie. Like, just breaking the one fucking 80. Uh, it's just fucking uninspired. Like you said, made for TV. That's it, it I don't want to see it. It feels like that a little bit. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And it's like, even watching the trailer, it's like, God damn, move the fucking camera. It's because in the, it, even, the even in the tra- they, they they don't move the camera, which is interesting. But uh, and also, except for when they're on the, the railroad tracks and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Which they, is kind of cool. nice boom and cranes there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like they, they they show this shot twice in the trailer of them like walking beside this river where it's like overexposed and like uh, I don't know man like damn it's just not it's not that pretty it's just not it's not it's not thought out man and like I like Rob Reiner's stuff man like when you watch a few good men like when he's handling the the blocking and his camera shots in the courtroom scene toward the end of that movie. Even though, like, most of the actors are, are standing perfectly still and he's not moving the camera, that just feels better. Yeah. It just feels better. And this feels, I think in retrospect, was, a little sloppy. I think he was more focused on trying to pull a performance out yeah. of these four kids. You I know? Agree. And I mean, like, and, and so that was dictating how the camera was. And, 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 it's all, and they went until they got a good take, you know? And it just is what it is, so... I mean, the, the, the child acting, like, I don't want to give Will Wheaton too much shit. I mean, he's... Will Wheaton. <laughs> Wheaton, Wheaton, Will Wheaton. Um, hey, he's fine. Say that five times fast. Will Wheaton, Will Wheaton. You know, it, it just, it's, it, it's that end moment, man. Like, that's, that's such a pivotal moment, and you leave me on that, and I just, I hate it. And I just, I don't, you know, like, Corey Feldman, some of that may just may be his personality. Like, even on the behind-the-scenes... When you, when they're when they're talking about River Phoenix passing away, like everyone's like, "Oh, this is a shame." And when they cut to fucking Corey Feldman in that scene, he's just a fucking asshole. He's like, "Yeah, you know, uh, River Phoenix passed away. I try, I tried to get him help." Cut. It's like that's the soundbite you could get. It's like Corey Feldman. Does everything have to be about you? I'm about to say Corey Feldman's about himself, bro. 
That's that's his that's his mo. He is an actor. Yeah, it's just Brian. Yeah, I mean, I mean Brian. <laughs> I mean, do I have to remind you of your own quote? And I, 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 yeah, I may be. Yeah, I'm probably bringing personal baggage in. If you look at him in those I've behind the outside. scenes, he looks like coked up Charlie Sheen. He really does. Yeah, so I think he's. I think Seems he's like he's trying to emulate it, emulate Charlie a little bit. Yeah, I like how many times a Rob Reiner like almost puts his foot in his mouth by calling him like a degenerate, like uh, <laughs> <laughs> arrested drug, drugged out hooligan. <laughs> hey man, you, if you get a lot of money when you're, you're when you're a kid and you're, you're you got some issues, you get pretty fucked up. Yeah, I'm sure he's he's apparently cleaned himself up now, but he still says just he's random. Still, still dyeing that hair that ugly black. Like yeah. this, it does not match your vampire skin. I don't know. And I love how Rob Reiner is so like just flabbergasted that Jerry O'Connell is married to Rebecca Romaine. He's like, I can't believe that fat kid. <laughs> the fat kid is married to Rebecca Romaine. Oh my god! Like all that the guys fat kids are really gives us all fat kids hope because we can all grow up to be. Yeah, I was. Hey, I was a fat kid when I was when I was younger. Still a fat kid, but I'm working on it. <laughs> so you guys have been listening to the Movie Crew podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the Movie Crew. Crew spelled C R E W E. That's right, extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. You guys can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Movie Crew Pod, and please leave us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast. Tuned in, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Benson, where can our audience follow you, good sir? Instagram and the, the Twitter thing at J. Edward Benson. And Jared, where can they follow you? You can follow me on Instagram at CheckTheGate and on Twitter at Jared B. Callen. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. So we're going to close the show out with Stand By Me from Ben E. King. Benny King. Is it Benny? Because it's Ben E. Initial <clears throat> King. But I think you're supposed to run it together like Antonio Banderas. Benny King. But then it's like Benny. Like it's B-I-N-I-E. Or B-E-N-N-Y. Or you could just throw everybody off and play the John Lennon version. John Lennon did Stand By Me? Stand by me. That's not what John Lennon sounds like. I need to get you a Beatles album. I can't sound like John Lennon. Enjoy. When the night has come And the land is dark And the moon is the only light we'll see No, I won't be afraid Oh, I won't be afraid Just as long as you stand Stand by me So darling, darling, stand by me Oh, stand by me Oh, stand Stand by me Stand by me If the sky that we look upon Should tumble and fall Or the mountain should crumble See, I won't cry, I won't cry, no, I won't.
feel just as long as you stand, stand by me. Stand by me, stand by me, whenever 